Welcome to the Optimal Body Podcast. I'm Doc Jen. And I'm Dr. Dom. And we are doctors of physical therapy, bringing you the body tips and physical therapy pearls of wisdom to help you begin to understand your body, relieve your pains and restrictions, and answer your questions. Along with expert guests, our goal of the Optimal Body Podcast is really to help you discover what optimal means within your own body. Let's dive in. Piriformis syndrome, PT pearls. Yeah, we're just going to hop right in. Yes. We're choosing piriformis syndrome in particular because via my Instagram, DuckGenFit, um, <laughs> that was actually one that is requested almost the most and has had the most engagement in terms of educational videos that I've posted throughout the last few years. But at least in the last two years, that was one that got a lot of traction and a lot of people wanted to see. So we wanted to dive in on exactly what piriformis syndrome is, why it's so popular. So you want to give a quick synopsis? What's piriformis syndrome? (laughs) A quick synopsis of piriformis syndrome. This is things you could have an entire weekend, you know, lecture series on. And we're going to do it in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's quick explain it. So piriformis syndrome, I think the piriformis always gets blamed and always gets blamed as this evil culprit because... The sciatic nerve, everyone's heard of this sciatic nerve and this mysterious sciatica that is another Another buzz, thing we'll, buzz phrase. we'll go into later. Yeah, a whole other episode right there. But um, the sciatic nerve comes right out underneath the piriformis. And then like roughly 80% of people, it goes, courses right underneath the muscle. But in maybe about 22% of people or 20% of people, it actually pierces through that piriformis. And then what piriformis syndrome means is that we get these symptoms kind of in the back, hip, and buttock area that may course down into our leg and our back of our thigh, kind of. And then they say it's because of this piriformis and it's being inflamed or irritated and it's irritating that sciatic nerve that we get these symptoms. Yeah. So that's in a nutshell what piriformis (laughs) syndrome is. How'd I do? Yeah, you did good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, (laughs) the piriformis is really like a small little muscle. And I don't think we realize. And it's not the only muscle responsible for external rotation in the hip. But the reason it does, again, get a lot of traction and blame is because typically in a normal human anatomy structure, we're looking at that sciatic nerve either going underneath piercing or somewhere within uh, the piriformis. And that's why it gets most of the blame. But at the same time, other structures can be causing inflammation. Other structures can be causing pushing onto it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your piriformis becoming tight and, you know, external rotation through that piriformis becoming overworked is not just from the piriformis. It's such a small muscle. We'll show a little diagram for mm-hmm. the piriformis to, or from the pelvis to the femur, which is your leg bone. And that is what causes that rotation. So if you pull like the back of that pelvis, the back of that, or the top of that femur, and you pull them closer together, that is mm-hmm. external rotation. Your your leg will externally rotate. Okay. But other muscles responsible for that is mm-hmm. quadratus femoris. Uh, that's a big one. Each of your obturator muscles, your external specifically, I think does more so. And then your gemelli, mm-hmm. um, your glutes. So every oh, yeah. single, all three of the glutes, the gluteus medius, <laughs> gluteus minimus, and your glute max. I'm like, wait, do I know my glutes right now? <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> yeah. So each, <laughs> each part of 
like there's so many more muscles that are involved around the hip when we're talking external rotation. It's not right to just blame one muscle. Yeah, it's so unjust. (laughs) (laughs) So unjust. Unfair. Oh, the humanity. But that's where we always look at something and we see, oh, there's the symptoms Mm -hmm. and that guy is right over that nerve and that nerve is what's causing those symptoms. That must be the issue. Yes. And then we try to jam into and you know, what are the things that we do to treat piriformis syndrome? We mash into the yep. piriformis, we stretch the crap out of that thing, yep. we you know, then go and batter it to all oblivion again. What are the messages you think we're sending those sciatic nerve that sciatic nerve? Well, and that's just where we want to bring perspective into so we told you what piriformis syndrome is, yeah. meaning that it's an inflammation and a compression right into that nerve. So it's basically because the piriformis is becoming overworked, there's a compression into that nerve. So now if we're going to go smash onto the piriformis and add more compression on an already compression injury, what are we really doing? So this is where we just want people to start to think a little bit. And this is, if we take it apart very logically, is that really doing what you want it to do? And even if we stretch it, putting a muscle on stretch also adds compression. Yeah, you add tension, you're adding more force into the muscle. And if there's already limited space, what space do you have to take up? Right. So that that muscle, that thing is overstressed and overworked and has extra compression or inflammation or tension for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be detectives here. Let's find out why. Let's find out why that reason that that hip muscle, that piriformis or external rotators in general mm-hmm. might be a little limited. And then we blame the piriformis. Sorry, piriformis again <laughs> for all of humanity. In reality, when we were looking at a study that said like 0.3 to 6% of low back and hip type cases are piriformis syndrome or classified as piriformis syndrome. So the piriformis. piriformis Yeah. So the piriformis is only the actual culprit 0.3 to 6% of the time, which 6% of back cases is actually like two some million a year, which is still a significant amount. It is. But out of 40 million? Yeah. But out of 40 million a year. I think it's getting misdiagnosed more. And it's because it's an easier thing to look at. But this is why we also don't like to just look at the diagnosis because all the diagnosis is going to tell us is the symptom. Yes, you are having pain in your glute and you're feeling it go down towards your leg. All we are doing is confirming the symptom. Likely the piriformis. (laughs) But we're doing nothing to actually tell you the cause. And that's why as physical therapists sitting here and bringing you this podcast, it's because we want you to take a closer look at the entire environment. And this is, if something is becoming inflamed, where can inflammation be building up from? I mean, that's when your whole environment really starts to take into course because internally, it's what we're eating. And foods that we eat that don't respond well to our body will cause more inflammation. If we're not getting enough sleep, that's going to cause more inflammation. If we're in an environment where we're having a lot of stress and we're not having any moments to learn how to handle and manage that stress well, we're going to cause more chronic inflammation. Uh, Especially if that's a work environment that maybe we're not moving a lot at or we're sitting chronically and or we're static in any position for more than a few hours you know that adds to that picture that whole picture and if we're not if we're only training 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 and 
that's inflammation within your muscles. The way you get hypertrophy and build muscle is through inflammation, which is healthy inflammation. But if we're only doing that and we're caught, like that is a chronic state of inflammation as well. If we're not bringing in mobility, Mm -hmm. yoga, breathing, all these other aspects into our body as well and learning how to balance it as a whole. So that's where we really start to look at the entire picture. And then also know that in order for your hips to start taking over in a certain position, what are we walking on? Like, what is our base of support? What are we standing on? We're standing on our feet. feet. (laughs) Oh, good job. I know this one. (laughs) So if we're standing on our feet, (laughs) if we're moving from our feet, walking on our feet, that has to play a role up the chain into our hips. So we cannot just blame our hips. We have to take a step back and look at the entire picture and actually see, okay, like, how are my feet moving? How are they responding? Now up the chain, how are my hips responding to what my feet are doing? Then go up the chain even further. How's my respiratory system, my diaphragm responding to my core pressure? And can I be putting more pressure into my glutes Mm. rather than actually utilizing my hip flexors in the core the way that they should be utilized? And I'm overactivating into my external rotators. So it's like... That's why, again, we can't just look at you and be like, oh, you have piriformis syndrome? Do this. <laughs> yeah. So that's why, I mean, even with what you were just talking about, we'll, we'll take you through this little screen on where just in standing, you can kind of go through all the joints top to bottom and see how that affects the hips mm-hmm. and the hip positioning. And then when with walking, being a little more aware when you're walking, you'll understand chronically those loads you're placing through the hips. I love working with athletes because I do something like that. My first session with athletes generally where I take them through just this little body scan at the beginning of our first session and I keep bringing them back there. And I say, check yourself, check it. And then everyone kind of does this little scan, but it helps you understand what am I doing to chronically load the joints step after step, day after day, yeah. stance after stance yeah. to influence the way my muscles and my nervous system is reacting. Right. And we're going to help give you a couple tools to just bring some awareness. Yeah, check the external rotators, but then maybe see feet to the core everywhere throughout the chain, what you're doing that might impact that piriformis. Exactly. And ultimately, we just want you to know, don't attack just one muscle. Um, if a therapist is pressing into that muscle, we do it because we're, we're talking to the nervous system to help promote tension release. We're not breaking yeah. up any tissue. We're not getting into that piriformis to break up the scar tissue that you think is building up in there. Nothing like that is actually happening. And if we stretch the muscle, we're hoping to bring some tension release through the nervous system in that action. But again, if we're just going to help to relieve the tension, it's going to go right back into that tension tightness if we're not doing things to address the entire system. So that's why, yes, look at those areas. Yes, you can do them mindfully, not smashing. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also get to address the rest of your body. I think any technique can be a good or a bad technique (laughs) or can be an optimal technique for you in that moment. Or it's all a matter of how you frame it and how you allow your body to respond to that. If we're smashing into muscles and we're causing ourselves to guard and hold our breath, or if we're pushing into stretches and not being mindful of where we're compensating to get further, being focused on the destination of where we're getting, do that for five hours a day, every day of the week versus a five or 10 minute mindful positional stretch or being aware of what you're, again, bringing some awareness to your movement that'll stick. We're habitual beings. 
and yeah. doing those manual techniques and stretching and smashing and everything will make a difference because we're influencing that nervous system. But what are you then doing consistent, consistently? Outside of that. Do you get that, you know, from your chiro, from your physio, from your massage therapist, and then go sit for eight hours? Yeah. Because you know, what do you think you'll adapt to at that point? So again, having some tools, having some mindfulness, and then sprinkling that in more throughout the day. So let's give you a couple tools. And this is just a couple tools. If you want to actually see it, then go to YouTube because you can actually see it. But we'll do our best to explain it as Absolutely. we go. So one of the things that we just want to start to become mindful of and what you want to do, hopefully after you're driving or if you just have some time, kick off your shoes. And what I like to do is just get people aware, like just start to feel your feet. So without looking down at your feet, without like just kind of march your feet out and then wherever they land, they land. And that's normal for your body positioning. Now just start to observe without looking like what do I feel in my feet? Do I feel like I'm putting more pressure to my toes, to my heels, on the inside of my feet, on the outside of my feet? What am I feeling? Do I feel more weight in one foot more than the other? This is just your way of increasing this awareness. Now, again, we're not saying that posture dictates anything or it's going to lead to pain at all. We're just wanting you to become more aware of what your habits are already are within your body. And then you can look down at your feet. Like, do you have one that's externally rotated more than the other? Because more external rotation of that leg can also put more pressure into the glutes or say one foot is a little bit more externally rotated. Hmm. Now maybe why? That's why my hip has maybe been putting more pressure. And this is not always. This is not a a guide to like, oh, this is happening. This is going to, this is going to be your pain. Like not at all. That is not how the body works. No. So what next? How do we explore? <laughs> so in order to explore, one of the things I like to do is just going through pronation and supination. So really like, can you even pronate into your feet? Like, Can you even pronate? Bro? And can you <laughs> supinate? This is one that we do a lot, right? Is is teaching you how to supinate your feet, which is meaning, so if you're listening to the podcast, that means can I take the inner part of my foot and try to drop it down to the floor? And can I take that inner part away from the floor and rotate my feet out into supination? So can I, without moving the rest of my legs, without moving my heels and my toes, can I go pronation, supination. I should have that mobility within my feet and I should be able to. You can also do that with one foot. So you can go supination, pronation and kind of explore and see what it feels like on a single leg. Um, again, we're going to be showing this a little bit more in on the YouTube. Yeah. The thing I love about this too is like once you start exploring that and I have such rigid feet, so going into pronations tough for me to explore and then going into supinate like a absolute king but my pronation is awful so i mean just exploring that but then realizing oh what does that make me want to do through the knee or through the hip you know when i pronate i put personally put a lot of pressure through you know the in or i kind of wrote roll my knees in mm -hmm. so i kind of put some pressure on the inside of my knee versus when i'm supinating or trying to lift my arch i kind of roll more towards the outside of my knee so which is normal Totally. And kind of exploring what mm -hmm. happens there and where, so then where you're resting naturally, th where are the knees? What does that mean through the hips? And if I do that daily, does this kind of add up to how my hips and back and feet are feeling? All right, literally wrapping up another PT Pearl on how to get rid of that pain in your butt, the piriformis syndrome. 
So if you loved it, of course, subscribe, leave us a review and rating that just helps us out so much. The more ratings we get, the more that we might be seen on these podcast platforms by other people who are just trying to get this information out to so that they can find their most optimal body. We know that everyone's optimal body is their own and that you're the only one who can find that. So keep an eye out. Next week, we're gonna be diving into massage guns. It's those fancy guns, the hypervolts, the Theraguns that everybody has been loving to use to get their body to relax, to get out some of those knots. Find out next week what those are actually doing in our upcoming PT Pearl.